You are listening to You Were Made for This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made for This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carol. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 40. Today we're going to be talking about being a square peg in a round hole when it comes to our relationship with the organizations we belong to. Do you ever feel out of place in a group where you just don't quite fit in? I know I do from time to time. In today's episode, we'll talk about how to deal with this kind of relationship with a group or organization where we feel like a square peg in a round hole. Of all the weeks in the year to tackle this topic, the last week of October is, in my mind, the best time of the year to do so, because it highlights a famous historic figure who is actually the poster child for being a square peg in a round hole. I'll tell you about him in a minute or so, and what we can learn from him when we feel like we just don't fit in. You know, for me, October is a month that makes me smile. The weather, the changing leaves, the cooler temperatures, all of that. But another reason October makes me smile is because it brings back fond memories of a history professor I had when I was in college. I majored in history and took mainly European history courses, one of which was the history of the Protestant Reformation. It was taught by Thomas Miller, who always seemed to be smiling. I think it's because he really loved his job. He loved history and especially his area of specialty, the Reformation. He was kind of like my dentist, and he's a Dr. Miller too, always smiling and humming. I just love my dentist. He's such a happy-go-lucky kind of guy. Well, anyway, I remember on the first day of class, Dr. Miller uh, introduced himself by saying he was a Mormon and that he loved teaching the history of the Reformation because, and I'm pretty sure I'm remembering this exactly, he said, I can bash Catholics and Lutherans equally in this course. And he said so with his signature smile. He made Luther and the Reformation really come alive for all of us in that class. I loved it. I loved that class. You know, he had us read uh, from a selection of Luther's writings. That was one of our projects. And I remember picking uh, Luther's commentary on the Book of Romans. I also read from Luther's uh, table talk. And I'll have a link t- uh, to that in, uh, information in, in the show notes. Uh, this is where Luther and his wife, Catherine Van Bora, would have uh, seminary students and other people come to uh, their home for dinner, and they would just have really interesting conversations. And some of the guests uh, at this time would take notes, and these notes were all compiled into this uh, table talk uh, book, actually. It was actually quite, quite fascinating. One of the main things I remember about Luther is that as a young German monk, he began to feel like a square peg in a round hole in his relationship to his church. He saw flaws in the church of his day, and he wanted to dialogue about it and discuss with church leaders how these flaws could be corrected. 
But the top leaders in the church of his day were happy with the status quo, and so they wouldn't give Luther the time of day. Well, one thing led to another, and his battle with the powers that be within his organization, the church, led him further and further away from the group and what it stood for. But not giving up on the organization he loved and wanting it to be all that God intended it uh, to be, he took another route to try to effect change. So he wrote uh, what is commonly known as his 95 Theses, which were 95 points of debate, and posted them on the front door of the church in Wittenberg, Germany. It was his attempt to start a dialogue. It was his version of Donald Trump's Twitter feed. And, and he posted these points of discussion on October 31st, 1517, which is seen as the official start of the Protestant Reformation. A lot was happening before then as well. But October 31st, 1517 is kind of like the key date. Well, if you're listening to this podcast on the day it first airs, we celebrate the 502nd anniversary of this event tomorrow on October 31st. Well, during the time I was taking the History of the Reformation course, uh, I was also attending a Lutheran church in town. Uh, on Reformation Sunday at this church, which was the Sunday closest to October 31st, uh, the church would often have uh, seminary professors come and give talks on, on Luther and the Reformation. And one guy that I particularly enjoyed was this man named Omar Jernus from the seminary that was in uh, Fergus Falls, Minnesota, this small Lutheran uh, denomination. Well, he would come and give talks about Luther uh, the last week in October. And it was also fascinating to me, especially since I was taking a course on the Reformation. And it's just another reason that October makes me smile. When I think of uh, Omar Jernis and his love for the Reformation, and just his name is kind of cool. I, I think if I had a dog or a cat, I think I would call them Omar. Uh, anyway, uh, Reformation Sundays were always about sermons about the key doctrines that Luther uh, popularized. Things like justification by faith alone, uh, the priesthood of all believers, uh, scripture alone as the basis of the Christian life. I love that stuff. And, and we'd sing songs that Luther wrote, like uh, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, which was actually written to the tune of German beer drinking, uh, a, a German beer drinking song. Ah, to be a Lutheran again and sing beer-drinking melodies on Sunday morning at church, that, that too makes me smile. Well, through the years, Janet and I have been members of several Protestant denominations. But not since college have I ever heard even a passing mention of Martin Luther on Reformation Sunday. Even two years ago in 2017, the 500th anniversary of the start of the Reformation, nothing was noted. Boy, I sure do miss references to our history, our church history, and the meaning that it plays in our lives today. Apart from the theology and history, Luther stands out as a square peg in a round hole in his relationship with the church in his time. He tried to change it, to make it better, to return it to its roots, but there just wasn't any energy within the organization to do so. In the process of trying to effect change, uh, 
Luther as a square peg in a round hole, attracted quite a following. And this following pushed him more and more into creating an organization, a new church, in keeping with his interpretation of scripture that had such wide appeal to the masses. But starting a new church was not something he wanted to do. He didn't want to start another organization. But the circumstances of the day pushed him forward. It wasn't until Luther and his followers left the church, left the organization they loved, that changes finally were made and abuses corrected. But by this time, everyone had left the train station and there was just no turning back. Well, what does that have to do with us today? Well, there's some important lessons that I've learned from Martin Luther, this dead white guy from 502 years ago. I've learned some things about what to do when I'm feeling like a square peg in a round hole with a group I belong to. Hopefully what I've learned may be of help to you when you are feeling the same way, when you feel like you just don't fit in with an organization or group. Well, here's the first thing I picked up in uh, thinking about Luther. Number one, when we are dissatisfied with a group or organization of which we are part, before thinking about leaving the group, do what we can to help fix the problem we see. Be part of the solution, not part of the problem. That's what Luther tried to do. Number two, Expect uh, resistance or pushback from leaders of a group when you try to bring about change. But don't give up at the first sign of resistance. Maybe the time isn't right. Maybe the leaders of the group need more time to consider your ideas. Maybe the best you can do is to get one or two of your proposals accepted now. Wait to fight the battle for the rest of your ideas on another day in the future. Number three. If you're feeling like a square peg in a round hole, there's a really good chance other people are feeling the same way. You may not be as alone in trying to bring about change as you may think. Leaders may not be listening to you, but there's a good chance your colleagues might very well be on board with you. Number four, few of us like change. But there are times when we have to face the reality that, well, at one point, we were tailor-made for the organization or group we belong to, people and organizations change. We may not be the same person we once were, and our organization may have changed and is no longer what it once was. It's quite possible we'll do ourselves a favor and our current organization a big favor if we move on to somewhere else so we can better flourish and be all that God created us to be, and so our current organization can do the same, but without us. Before I close, here's the main takeaway from today's episode, our show in a sentence. Look for ways to be a positive agent of change in your group. But if you have no voice and no one is listening to you, Consider finding another group where you are a better fit. Well, here's what you can do in response to today's show. Two things come to mind. One is to take a look at the groups you belong to and ask God to show you what you can do to make them better. 
What savvy relationship skills will you need to bring about change? Pray for ways you can be part of the solution and not part of the problem. And secondly, in honor of the Reformation, where do you need to reform personally? What changes do you need to make in your life in order to be all that God created you to be? Where do you need the Lord to do the work to bring about these changes? Thanks for listening in to today's episode. If you're not already getting my weekly email about this podcast and other relationship resources, you can go to johnsertalic.com forward slash subscribe to get on my private email list. Above all, remember what you were made for. You were made for this, to transform your relationships into the best they can possibly be. And now for our relationship quote of the week. Unlike a disease, organizational decline is more about what you choose to do and not what is inflicted on you. Jim Collins, author of that business classic, Good to Great. Well, that's all for today. And hey, thank you, Carol, for making me smile with your organ and piano duet. I don't know how you do it. Playing both keyboards at the same time not to mention your footwork on both sets of pedals. You are amazing. Well, happy Reformation Day, everyone. See you next week. Goodbye for now.